God raised up Noah, a righteous man who believed God and did what God told him to do, and therefore he saved his whole house because he believed God. Around him were wicked men who did wickedness from early childhood, and the thought of their heart was only wicked continually, says God. But Noah found grace in the sight of God, and God saved him. Abram was the same thing. Later, his name was changed by God to Abraham. God gave him the following instructions. Genesis 12. God told Abraham, Abram, to depart from his father's land, from his country, and go into a place that God would tell him of later. In Genesis 12:4 we read, So Abram departed as the Lord has spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed out of Haran. Abram's wife Sarah was barren. He had no heir, and yet God told him he would make him a father of many nations. God told him his seed would be like the stars in the sky. If you could number the stars, so would be Abram's seed. He had no heir. God told him that his seed would be like the sand of the sea shores. If you could number the grains of sand, that would be what his seed would end up being. Abram believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Any time we believe God, in spite of the circumstances, any time we believe a word of God and hold fast to it and follow it to the end of the time that we are under, shall I say, trial, any time we hold on to it and overcome through that word God has spoken, we enter into the type of righteousness that Abraham had. In 1975, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas. I was born again on August 5, 1975, turned in to a new creature by God, being completely different from what I had been before. In that period of time, a man filed a lawsuit against me and against many of the dealers in the Dallas area. He said we were conspiring to keep him out of Dallas and to keep him from doing business in Dallas. American Indian Arts was very profitable at that period of time, and itinerant merchants would come in and rent a hotel room or a motel room and advertise big discounts on Indian art objects. There was a great deal of money involved. Dallas Morning News had asked me to write an article concerning purchasing American Indian arts and being sure that you had a genuine art object. I wrote an article for them, and that man read that article in the Dallas News. I didn't even know this man. And he filed a lawsuit against me, but he did against 
many other people as well as the Better Business Bureau of both Dallas and Fort Worth, charging us with conspiracy. When the deputy sheriff delivered the papers to me, he said, do you know uh, this man? And he told me his name, and I said, no, no, I don't. He said, well, he knows you. He's filing a lawsuit against you for a million dollars. It was so absurd, I couldn't even take it seriously. I probably had, at that point in time, maybe $20,000 worth of merchandise in my shop. It was just such a ridiculous figure and a ridiculous charge. When the deputy sheriff gave me the papers, I just threw them over on my countertop in my office area and paid no attention to them for about a week. And then I realized that if I didn't stand up against this lawsuit, this man could take all of my property at my business. So I hired a lawyer, and after that, the legal fees kept coming in, three, about $3,000 at a time, every two or three weeks. At that rate, I knew I was going to be in debt before long. I was very, very uncomfortable with the situation and the financial situation. I was praying about it at that time, and God called to my attention a scripture. Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I began to reason this scripture. I am now a Christian, therefore I'm a servant of the Lord. Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me can prosper. And when I reasoned this scripture, the faith came up inside me to dismiss my own lawyers and go to court without any human legal counsel. When I told this to my own lawyer, he said, Oh, Joan, you can't do this. You don't realize how evil these courts are today. You just can't do this. He said, We're, li we're willing to work with you at the law firm. It will only take about $10,000 more to try your case. And I said, $10,000 more, Gordon, stop. Don't do anything else. And I did dismiss my lawyers. I was very frightened, but I had this scripture, and I believed it. And then God gave me other scriptures, about 14 scriptures in the period of time of the next few months between that moment and the time the trial was scheduled to take place. I kept those scriptures before me day and night to give me strength and to make me calmer. And I recorded them on both sides of a cassette tape. And at night when I would go to bed, I would play the cassette tape until I fell asleep. When I awoke in the night, I would turn the tape over and start it playing again. This went on for probably 
two months, maybe three months. It was really terrifying. Six days before we were to go to court, this man's lawyer called me, and he said, I'm calling you because you don't have a lawyer. And he said, I'm calling you to tell you that my client dropped all charges. And I said, just against me or everyone else? And he said, no, he cut everyone loose. Of course, I had read Deuteronomy 28. Because of you, others will be blessed. Because of your belief in God, those around you will be blessed. About two weeks after this happened, my lawyer came back to my shop and he said, I want you to know that we've discussed your case at the law firm and we believe that what you said happened, happened. When we believe God, we are like a person throwing a rock into a pond. Ripples go everywhere, every direction. We're, it's not just ourselves who are affected, although I wasn't trying to show anyone God, certainly, or anything like that. I was trying to obey God. Righteousness is obeying God. That's what we see in Abram, in Abraham. God spoke to him, and in spite of everything, he believed God. If you focus on what God has said, that's the thing important. Genesis chapter 12, verse 5, And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Moriah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Now this is what you keep before you day and night, what God has said about the situation. God said to Abram, Unto thy seed will I give thee this land. And there Abram built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Verse 8, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Hai on the east. And there he built it an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And God was with Abram everywhere he went in everything he did. And Abram became prosperous out there in that wilderness. Abram had cattle, sheep, men servant, maid servants, 
and yet he was wandering through this earth, this land, as if he were a stranger and a pilgrim in the land. Abram is blessed by God and called by God, and God is with Abram, and no man will hurt Abram, for he is the called of God, the chosen of God, as was Moses and Joshua later. And as are we today, we, the elect of God, the ones that God has caused to be born again, it wasn't our will. If you are born again, you're probably going to give the same testimony I have. We weren't trying to find God. He found us and chose us and revealed himself to us and took us out of a horrible life that we had in the world and set us up on our feet and blessed us in every direction. And we have a right to call on him as his children. In Joshua 1.5, God said to Joshua, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, I believe the same is true for us. Through God, we will overcome. We don't know what to do. We call on God to help us. And he brings something to our attention, and we do that. And therefore, we overcome in the situations of this present life. That is the heritage of each one of us who are the elect of God, who have been called by God, to whom God has given his spirit. Hebrews 13.5, God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In Revelation 3.5, Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. We are continually overcoming through what God tells us, what God brings to our attention. And we believe that which God shows us, and therefore we do it and hold on to it, and we overcome all the problems that come against us in this life and we enter into the rest of God by believing that which God calls to our mind. So like Abraham, we become a child of faith through that which God brings to us by his Spirit. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.